This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80. I am neither Canty nor Carlin alongside the doctor, Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're filling in for the guys today. Canty and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to go out to the phone lines now because we've been talking about the Sixers. We've been talking about James Harden. We've been talking about Doc Rivers. So who better to bring in than Keith Pompey? He covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, thanks for taking a couple minutes today, man. We appreciate it. No, I imagine it's a pretty busy day for you uh, in locker room clean-out land. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a, a, a busy day, busy last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so let's start there, right? Like, it's been hectic. It's been busy. What the heck happened yesterday? You know, I, I feel like uh, the Sixers, first of all, they didn't show up. They didn't come up to play. They didn't come out to play. I felt like. You know, in order, you know, when you play in, in big games like that, you know, typically that's when your stars have to be stars. And we didn't see that yesterday. We didn't see James Harden, um, you know, playing at a high level. We didn't see Joel Embiid playing particularly at a high level. And then I, I felt like, um, you know, there was a flagrant foul that they lost all momentum um, in the second quarter when Harden hit Jalen Brown in the face. And it looked like they lost the game there. And then in the third quarter, I felt like um, it came a point where they just gave up and quit. Like, they were like, the game is over. This is it. We're over. I mean, the season's over. So, A, they didn't come to play. B, it was that one play that cost them. And then after that, I felt like they start waving a white towel. Yeah. So, when I was watching – it didn't feel like they waved the white towel before the game started. They got off to a good start. They were up by eight mm-hmm. points in the second quarter, right, when, when when that flagrant foul happened. But that kind of brings me back to James Harden. Um, in, the, in, the four, in the three wins in the series, he was excellent. Shot 60% from the field, 56% from the line. But in the four losses, he, couldn't, he was 0 for Winfrey. He couldn't buy a bucket. So I guess if Harden is around – how does he learn to play off of Joel Embiid without getting passive and indecisive and ended up flailing and, and getting a, a, a game-changing but flagrant foul because he doesn't seem like he, he's, his head's in the game? I mean, a lot of it has to do with the spacing, I think. And, and, and that's what I meant by it. Like, they just weren't into it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were up, but their star players were playing horrible. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the other teams was like they were playing at home. You knew a run was getting ready to come. But I, I think that you got to give credit to what Boston did because what the Sixers do a lot, they have a lot of success on that pick and roll between James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like, that's the majority of their offense. And what they did is they were able to get to the rim. They were able to do a lot of different things to them. And what happened is the last two games, it just took it away. And if you notice, James been having a, a hard time this season, especially in the playoffs, finishing, right? So if he's not finishing and then his shot is off, that's his game. So I, I think that, that the starting lineup where they had Al Horford and Robert Williams um, out there, that, that really um, messed up everything for the Sixers to a point where, if you notice, the spacing between Joel Embiid and James Harden wasn't really there. Like, they both like going to the left a little bit, and Joel was right there. So it was kind of like you're drawing the crowd, and when you do that, James doesn't have a lot of room to maneuver. 
like he normally uh, did in game one and in, in, and in game three. We're talking to Keith Pompey. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for the Philadelphia Inquirer here at Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you talk about spacing, Keith, is it possible that James Harden is going to have an exponentially larger amount of space next season? And by that, I mean cities or time zones away. Like, What, what are we looking at in terms of his future? You know, it's, just, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, of course, yesterday he said, oh, I'm not thinking about it. But, you know, since Christmas, you know, that's been the story. Like, Woj did a Woj bomb right before they were getting ready to play the Knicks, like an hour before a noon game that uh, Harden is interested in going to the Rockets. He denied it then, but it just seems like the whispers keep getting louder and louder, and a lot of people in Houston feel like that's, that's what the destination is going to be. So, yeah, I mean, we can see that. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I also think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things, let's face it, you know, Houston is, it, well, it's actually two things. You know, Houston is where he lives in the offseason. It's where his mom lives, where several of his friends live. He spent, like, what, nine, nine, ten years there. Uh, spent a decade there, so he's, he's uh, grown to love the place. And then, also, they have the money to give him. Now, it's, it's one of those things where he's made a lot of money, but you're also, you know, it's great to get um, a, a good, great final contract, Right. So I feel like the 76ers, if, you know, unless things change, in order for them to keep them, they're probably going to, he's going to opt out, and they're probably going to have to pay him some money if the thing, you know, if Houston wants to give him a lot. So, yeah, I can honestly see him going down to Houston. So, I, you know, I actually have something I wanted to ask you that I haven't heard much about. And that's Embiid's health. Um, even though he came back early from a knee injury that typically holds players out for a lot longer, is he really fully healthy? Or was he just trying to tough it out and came up short? Because he just didn't look like what I would have thought he would have looked like yesterday. Yeah, he toughed it out and came up short. I mean, if you like this, it's weird because not really weird. I mean, you know, Embiid's the type of guy, you know, he's, he's been injured a lot. Whenever you ask him about the pain and everything, he's always saying, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But there was times when he would block shots and he would, like, come down and he would try to break his fall by, like, rolling and falling to the ground because he didn't want to put pressure on his on his knee. So you knew after a while he was going to break down and wear down, and, and, and it happened. I mean, the guy was tired. His knee, like at times he would make moves and you saw him grimacing. And, you know, it was a little unfortunate for him because, you know, he really wanted to be healthy for this playoff so he could help the team get out of the second round. And he just was unable to do that. We're talking to Philadelphia Inquirer 76ers writer Keith Pompey here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Ralphson. And real quick before we get you out of here, Keith, when we're talking about future Besides James Harden, the biggest question would be Doc Rivers. What's your read? Is Doc back next year? Is he not back next year? Is this an open question, or are we making too big of a deal of this outside of Philadelphia? You know, it's, it's, I, know I don't think we're making a big deal out of it, too big of a deal. I mean, it's kind of similar. Like, I, I expect Doc to be going. I expect him to be going. But I also think a lot of people expect him to be going. But I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. I mean, you know, and, and the reason being is I remember there was several years ago when um, Brett Brown uh, was the coach there, and it was the same thing. Hey, 
you got to get out of the second round. If you don't get out of the second round, you're going to get fired. And what happens is they end up losing to the Raptors and they gave him another year. He did leave the year afterwards. The thing is, when you look at that game, there's going to be a lot of people that's criticizing that because of, you know, his past history in the postseason, right? But to me, they lost that game not because of what Doc Rivers didn't do. They lost the game because Joel Embiid and James Harden struggled mightily, you know? And, and so I feel like if James would have had a better performance, at least early on, if that flagrant didn't happen, things like that, I felt like the Sixers would have made a game of it and probably would have came out on top. I really do. So if you're the owner, you have to evaluate all that stuff before you make a decision. Another thing is Doc Rivers has two years left on his contract with eight per eight million per, so sixteen million. Does the owner want to eat sixteen million and then have to go out there and hire another coach? That's the question. Listen, those are all big questions between Harden, between Doc Rivers. And you're going to have a busy offseason, Keith. I, I apologize for that in advance. We're going to be following you throughout. Thanks for taking a couple minutes today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, fellas. That's Keith Pompey, the Philadelphia Inquirer 76ers. Right? You can give him a follow at Pompey. That's P-O-M-P-E-Y on Sixers on the Twitters. And this is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, alongside Andre Snellings, the doctor, the professor, <laughs> the man who understands all the analytics and covers the NBA so well for ESPN.com. I'm Michael Rothstein. I cover the Falcons in the NFL. I cover boxing. I cover a whole bunch of other random assorted things. And when you're looking at it, Dre, because, again, you cover the NBA. We just talked about Doc Rivers. How much blame, and you kind of heard a little bit, and I hate the word blame, but you just heard Keith Pompey talk about it. How much blame should Doc have versus the reality of the guys on the floor basically stinking? Yeah, I I think that it definitely has to weigh higher among the players. Like James Harden shooting 60% versus 20%, that's not on Doc Rivers. Joel Embiid trying to tough his way through a knee injury – That's also not on Doc Rivers. But I do think, as I've alluded to, there are some questions that I would have about decisions that I might have done differently. For instance, Jason Tatum going off for 51 points while continuing to be pretty much single-covered, them switching on the pick and roll and letting him have his way against a shorter player in Tyrese Maxey. Where were the traps trying to take the ball out of his hands and make somebody else beat them? Things of that nature. But... Other than that, I feel that Doc is a good coach, a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. And so I'm I'm not in a hurry to move on from him, but I do have some questions. And those questions are fair. And Doc Rivers is going to, has gotten some of those questions already. He's going to continue to get some of those questions. And I'm going to pose this one to you. Should he, should he be back next year? Do you, If you were Josh Harris, the team owner, if you were Daryl Morey, would, you be, would Doc Rivers be back next year or would you move on? He would be back. He would be back, especially if what Joel Embiid said publicly is how he really feels. If Doc still has Embiid and he still has uh, the team, the pulse of the team, then he would still be back if I were uh, running the 76ers. I'm with you. I I am fully supplanted in the Doc Rivers should come back camp because do not necessarily blame him 
for another Game 7 defeat. Again, they were playing to seed. They were on the road. They, Jason Tatum scores 51. It's the most ever in a Game 7. And when you're doing that and you're facing a guy like that, guess what? That's happened twice in NBA history. A guy's gone up for 50 in Game 7. Both times, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, those teams have won. Because when a guy goes for 50 in a night, your team is probably going to win the game. <laughs> like, they are, Dre. That's just what happens. But it goes to a bigger question. You look at this list. Monty Williams, Mike Budenholzer, Nick Nurse, Dwayne Casey even on a rebuilding Pistons squad. There are a lot of head coaching moves this year. And we'll see what happens with Steve Kerr. We'll see what happens, obviously, with Doc Rivers. Has the NBA devalued the importance of the head coach? There's an argument to be made for that because – if you look at that list, and, and you can add Frank Vogel um, from the Lakers, uh, he's still sitting out there. If you if you look at that list of, of coaches, that is every championship-winning coach over the last five seasons, except for Steve Kerr, has been fired. And I, I also heard the stat on Saturday night that the last six NBA seasons, the teams with the best records, that had the best record in the NBA each of the last six NBA seasons, their coach has been fired. So... That would certainly argue that coaches are being fired even though they're doing an excellent job. But I kind of feel like this Monty Williams um, firing from Phoenix, like uh, like Woj alluded to, it seems like that's more about the new owner of the team coming in and wanting to make a splash as opposed to any kind of indictment because Monty was killing the game. He was coach of the year two of the last four seasons. And so – to that extent, I don't know if it's an, an, uh, an indictment on all coaches being undervalued or one particular coach being undervalued by a new owner that wanted to, to come in and make a, a, his mark on the team. That's fair, and we'll see what, what the new Suns owner, Matt Ishba, does long-term. And we'll see who he hires. But I, I don't know. I To me, it feels very much, and this might be me as kind of an old NHL fan, as a fan of, like, of European soccer. Uh, it just feels like the NBA is starting to go the way of not allowing coaches time to really build their program. Like they're just going to move on from the guy at the first sign of like, you know, this isn't going well. So we're going to, going to shake this up because it's not going well. You see that in the EPL all the time over in the UK, you see that, or you used to see it more in the NHL. You very rarely see it in the NFL and in baseball. I mean, baseball is baseball. That that season's 13 months long every year. You, I just don't like seeing it because I'm a believer of stability, Dre, and you look mm-hmm. around the, the NBA, and the three coaches that probably offer the most stability are three of the best in the game. So why would you move on from them in Spo in Miami? They're as an eight seed in the conference final. Greg Popovich in San Antonio, and he's certainly earned that. And then you can say Steve Kerr in mm-hmm. Golden State. And to me, I want that's where I want to look because it feels like in the last decade, a lot of teams have tried to do what the what the Warriors did, which is Mark Jackson seemed, had a good thing going in Golden State, but they felt like they could get more. So they went to Steve Kerr, and look what happened. It feels like teams are chasing that, and maybe wrongly so. Yeah, so it's interesting. I feel like teams have always maybe been willing to move on 
faster, especially for in, in some situations versus others, where a team that was trying to build, you very rarely saw a coach build a team from the bottom up and then also get to coach them while they were up. They, they were getting fired before they got there. But what stands out to me about this season is so many coaches that got their teams to the promised land. You know, they, they won chips recently, the last couple of seasons, played in, you know, their teams are in the NBA Finals. And they're getting fired at the first sign of, of things not really going the way that they would like them to go right now. That's what seems to be a bit different. And that's, you know, what what I would keep my eye on to see whether this is a trend or whether this kind of coach coaching musical chairs for this season is more of a one off. Yeah, I I hope I hope it's a one off. But at the end of the day, it's also billionaires getting to make decisions and listen, billionaires oftentimes made billions for a reason mm-hmm. but not a lot of time billionaires don't necessarily know how to run sports franchises exactly. and we've seen that over and over and over again and that's why to me when the when the owner gets involved like we're seeing in Phoenix like Woj just said earlier today when the owner gets involved that scares me yes because the owner is not necessarily this brilliant basketball or football Mind Like, that to me is more, all right, you're going to meddle. And when have we seen that work? The Dallas Cowboys are still searching for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and over the last 20-plus years, uh, you know, and uh, yeah. Like, I, that to me, that, that concerns me so greatly if I am a Phoenix Suns fan. Absolutely. Because you mentioned the owners are billionaires, but they didn't typically get their billions because of their sports knowledge. They got their billions for expertise in something else. And now they're trying to apply that to sports. So absolutely, you would feel much better if the the billionaire owner brings in a brilliant basketball mind and lets them make the decisions, which is also a commonality of those situations that you talked about with the long-term coaches. Steve Kerr, you know, uh, uh, in, in Golden State with, with Bob Myers, uh, Pat Riley with the Heat and in, in, in Spo, and then Pop himself with the Spurs You you and, and R.C. Buford. You have general managers and coaches or presidents, whatever they are, the people running the team, are the, the the minds of the sport and and not just the big pocketbooks. Yeah, and that's really what we're looking at here. I'm very curious to see what happens in Phoenix, especially if Matt Ishbut is going to have a lot of basketball control. Of course, they did just hire Josh Bartlestein to really help run the team there. He comes from the Pistons, has a long history, very good young executive. He's the son of longtime NBA agent Mark Bartlestein, also a walk-on at the University of Michigan when they went to the Final Four. Coming up, John Morant has been suspended after video shows the Grizzlies star with a gun for the second time in 2023. We're going to get into that after Andre has this word from Nitsa. Every day, there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it, click it, or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Breaking news where the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John Morant from all team activities after another Instagram Live video surfaced apparently showing him with a handgun. At the end of the day, it's not just about John Morant. It's about you being a global superstar for this multi-billion dollar league where the faces of those leagues face a different level of scrutiny. Morant served an eight-game suspension in March after he displayed a handgun during an early morning Instagram Live session from a Denver area strip club. It is a tough thing. It's a tough thing to figure out. It's a tough thing to to make a lot out of and to really understand where things are right now. But but we're going to try here, as you heard, just heard. We're going to talk about Ja Morant. And this is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, as always, represented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Rothstein. And to recap real quick what has gone on, with John Morant. John Morant was suspended on Sunday after an Instagram Live video, and this is now the second time that this has happened when it comes to an Instagram Live video, and that video, by the way, has since been deleted, showed him riding the front passenger seat of a car and holding a gun in his left hand. The Grizzlies said that Morant has been suspended from all team activities pending a review by the NBA, and the league has also come out and said they're looking into the situation. 
John Morant left the Grizzlies and entered a counseling program. This was back in March after a video showed the All-Star holding a gun at a Denver club where the Grizzlies were in town to play the Denver Nuggets. He was suspended eight games and met with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver in after that situation. And Adam Silver called Morant's conduct, quote, irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous, unquote. So I, I come to you, Dre. Yeah. When you heard about this on Sunday, how did you react? What was mm-hmm. where where did you stand with it? Yeah, so I hate this entire thing happening. What I did on Sunday, um me and my wife actually had a conversation and we we've talked about this, you know, since he had this this difficulty before. And the, it's a it's a it's an issue with many layers to the onion, but if you just start at the surface, on the surface don't fumble the bag. The opportunity to make life-changing $250 million type money doesn't just happen for anyone. So if you have that opportunity and you're working for this multi-billion dollar corporation that's already spoken with you and disciplined you for doing something similar, don't just listen to a, a rap song with your boys and put it on live with the gun in your hand, it there was no there seemed to be no reason for it. And so it speaks to kind of a lack of decision making at kind of a breathtaking scale. And so when I talk with my wife about it, she's kind of taken the mother's stance of someone needs to kind of discipline this young man and speak to him and get him in line with what he needs to do to be a professional. But man, it just hurts my heart to see it. And, you know, you just have to hope that things move better, that he starts moving in a, in a better direction. Michael Wilbon, ESPN's NBA analyst, host of PTI. He was on NBA Countdown. Here's what he had to say about John Moran. The question is, is he going to do the work that is required of himself to get out of this and for this not to be the end? Because what's going to happen now? Nike going to pull that shoe? Is Powerade going to pull that drink? I know in my house, I told Matthew, you can't have the shoe. I'm not buying that shoe. You're not buying that shoe. Our money as a family is not going toward that. And so I'm not the only one who's going to feel that way. And by the way, I am fascinated with John Morant. John Morant, he's so smart. We talk about intelligence. You listen to John Morant post-game. I mean, the the engagement level and the Mm -hmm. intellect are unmistakable. But yet... This whole fake gangster theme that we I thought we were past as a culture some years ago. I guess he's not past it. He and his. And it's just uh, it's sad. It's sad. That is Michael Wilbon, ESPN's ABA analyst, PTI host. This is a tough thing for me, Dre, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very anti-gun. I have been my whole life. Don't own a gun. I've never shot a gun that's not a paintball gun. I haven't. My brother, on the other hand, we have these conversations all the time. He lives in North Carolina. I love him very much. He, he is very pro-gun. He has multiple guns. But here's what I keep coming back to. Because you, you hear what, what Wilbon is saying. You hear what, what you're saying. What if John Morant just likes guns? Mm-hmm. And what if that's just what, what it is? And we are in a country where there are mass shootings all the time. Yeah, and I hate saying that. It, it hurts me to say that, but it is also true. Yeah. Because you see it every day, every other day, every week on the news. In Atlanta, where I live, earlier this, earlier this month or late last month, I don't remember, mass shooting, 
four, about less than four miles from my from my apartment. Yeah. This is just what the culture is in this country, right, wrong, or indifferent. And we're talking about, and we don't know where this video was, right? We do not know where, where Ja was when this video took place. But in the state of Tennessee, where he plays, okay, he is being vilified, and, and you heard Michael Wilbon talk about it, you know, he is being vilified and condemned, and this is the same state where they have a representative, Andy Ogles, who posed with his family, and they are all holding guns. Now, he was criticized for that too, but let's not conflate one with the other and say, hey, let's, let's keep, keep it the same here. If we're going to crush and vilify John Morant, let's make sure we're doing it for the politicians and the legislators as well. As well. Like that, that's, if we're going to talk about guns and we're going to talk about John Morant, it has to be a larger conversation about guns in this society. It just has to be, Dre. Like, it can't just be about John Moran and if he's suspended. It has to be a larger conversation because it's a problem in this country. Too much of one. Yeah, I mean, more than one thing can be true at the same time, right? So it can be that Ja's not making good decisions on a professional standpoint with an employing organization that has made it clear that he's not to do things like that. And at the same time, as to your point, we can be as it could be a larger conversation that speaks to whether he has the legal right to do what he was doing. And if he has the legal right, then is 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 he are his rights being infringed upon if he is suspended or faces very harsh consequences on his job? Um, because you're right, like like. The world, America, when it comes to guns, is a very complex place. And I'm looking at Twitter right now. One of our former ESPN colleagues who now works for a conservative outlet, he made a post defending John Morant because pointing out, well, doesn't he have Second Amendment rights? And if he does and he is being prosecuted in a way that others in the public eye may not be prosecuted, um, then yeah, it, it, it speaks to a larger conversation that has to be had and the question of just how much discipline is too much before, instead of changing the behavior, it becomes something that infringes upon his rights. Yeah, it's listen, it's a much larger conversation, much larger that we're going to have, have today, or, and that's just the reality of the situation. Coming up next, we're going to have some perspective on the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers, the Nuggets, with a guest who knows, well, she knows a lot about it. This is Kenny Ann Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. For the fifth time in franchise history, the Denver Nuggets go to the Western Conference Finals. It's a great challenge, of course. You're going to play against uh, Lakers. You cannot relax. You need to play your game. The Lakers, the seventh seed, will face Denver for the Western Conference title. Now we're stepping into another realm, like Bronze, level three. So now we got to take our focus, awareness, up a level. Oh, it's the good old NBA music. That means it's conference finals time. That means the NBA finals are coming up next. And that also means that we get to have fun with a guest. And that's going to come up in a second here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. As always, Candy and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm neither Candy nor Carlin. Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're filling in for the guys today. And like I said, we're going to go out to the phone lines. Ramona Shelburne is going to give us a few minutes, our wonderful ESPN NBA reporter. Ramona, thank you for taking some time. You got it, guys. How's it going? It's going great. It is, it's pretty busy right now, obviously. Conference final time. And I want to start here yeah. because the Los Angeles Lakers, you know this team so well. How surprised are you that we're talking about the Lakers in the terms of actually still playing at this point in the year right now? You know what? I'm actually not surprised. Like, this is LeBron James I'm talking about. And as somebody who picked against him in the last two rounds, I remember they played <laughs> Memphis, and I was like, you know, the, the, I believe in the Lakers, but Memphis is young, and that schedule's going to be hard. The young legs versus the old legs. And then the Lakers went one and six. And then against the Warriors, I'm like, oh, man, I think the Lakers have a better team, but the Warriors are the defending champs. They've been here before. They got home court, like, every other day. You know, but no, the Lakers won. I- I'm done taking against them. Like, <laughs> it's LeBron James. He's too close. He's too, he's too close now. Like, this, he can see number five right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, my head is telling me, like, as a basketball person, I'm like, Denver Nuggets were the best team in the Western Conference all year long. They had Nicole Jokic, who was an all-time break. It's going to be hard for the Lakers to defend him because you don't want to waste AD defending Jokic all day and tiring him out. Like, that's going to be a hard matchup for them. They don't have a traditional five. Last time they played in the bubble, they had Dwight Howard to defend Jokic, right? He would just get out there and, you know, be a big guy and push and try to frustrate Jokic and stuff. They don't have that this time. Um so everything, the Nuggets are better. They got depth. They got nope, not taking against LeBron. <laughs> it's the Lakers. It's LeBron. Like we can't. This guy, when he gets close, if he gets into the playoffs, how many times have we seen this before? Welcome to the dark side, Ramona. You know I have picked right. the Lakers in each of the last two rounds, and you did it. I, right? I did, I did. But I'm nervous with the way the Nuggets have been playing, and especially the way the Joker has been playing. You alluded to. Oh him maybe taking Davis out of the lane. Um, but on the opposite end, Jokic is is used to playing against bigs that he can make uncomfortable by taking them out of the lane, whereas Davis maybe has yeah. the athleticism to do it. 
So my question is not so much which one will be better, but which one do you think will do a better job of taking the other out of their game plan, out of their comfort zone? So the uh, the Nuggets have never been particularly good at interior defense, right? Like I think they were third worst in the league this yep. year. Um, and if you're Anthony Davis, you got to see that and say, okay, I gotta I gotta punish them. Like that's it's gonna be my series offensively. Bron's got to get drive the lane. They got to score in the paint as much as they can. Try to draw fouls on Joker. Um, but to me, like I don't know how you defend Jokic. I, I don't. I mean, he's so talented as a passer. I mean, that's he, the head of the snake. And when you, when Anthony Davis, we, we've talked about this all the time this this last year or two. Anthony Davis is better as a five, even though he doesn't like being at the five spot, right? Like he's gonna. I don't know what the exact weights are, but he probably gives up 30 pounds of Jokic. I'm just eyeballing it, okay? Um, he's going to be smaller than him, and, and, and also he, Jokic will play at the, at the elbow, right? So he's going to take him away from the basket if you have AD on him. But what are your other options? Like, I was talking through that. Like, what are your other options if you're the Lakers? You just say, all right, we're going to have Anthony Davis just play in the middle. You know, and just be like the free safety, and we'll put him on Aaron Gordon or something, or we'll we'll just kind of like not defend someone, and AD will be the guy to stop Jamal Murray and everybody with the everybody who's trying to drive into the paint. Just let him do that and say, Jokic, go get what you're going to get. So we're gonna like we're gonna save our best defensive player on the inside. I think that's probably what the Lakers do. That's what other teams have done against Denver. You kind of decide we're gonna let Jokic cook and try to stop everybody else. So let's let's. This is a fascinating matchup because it's. It's a different matchup than they were, even though they played each other three years ago in the bubble. Um, they're not the, the, it's a very different matchup this time around because of the way the Lakers are constructed and how Anthony Davis has embraced being the five man. Whereas last time he was still kind of fighting moving to that, that spot. We're talking to Ramona Shelburne, ESPN's NBA reporter here on Candy and Carlin. Ramona, we've only got about 30 seconds, so let's hit this sure. real quick. Is Jamal Murray the biggest X factor in this series? Because you just talked about Jokic, you talked about LeBron, we talked about AD. Is what Jamal Murray does maybe the biggest question mark for whether the Nuggets win or lose? Yeah, I have some faith in Jamal Murray. I think he's going to be good. To me, Anthony Davis is always the X factor for every series that the Lakers are in. If he's the best player on the court, then the Lakers win. If he is the second or third or only the best player on the court for a couple of games, then the Lakers will lose. Like it's pretty simple in every single in every single game that they've won, Anthony Davis was the best player. Like he just, you know, even even that game six that they won at home. I know LeBron had a lot of points and everything. But Anthony Davis was a monster defensively, and so I think it all comes down to, you know, can they save him enough defensively to help on the offensive end? And they've been able to do that in the previous couple series because they haven't had anybody like Jokic to contend with. But this is a different story here. This is this is the Joker. Ramona, it absolutely is. Thank you. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com 
today.